Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is so good to have you here today. Uh, in case we haven't met, my name is Brandon, and uh, my wife and I, Pastor Jenny, who, uh, thank you so much, who did the host spot this morning. Uh, we are the campus pastors here at this particular campus, and this morning, again, on behalf of Pastors Gil and Debbie, who are in Bolivia right now, Pastor Gil and a team, uh, like uh, Robert mentioned, they're in Bolivia right now on an exploratory trip, getting ready for the trip we'll take this summer. Uh, I give you uh, greetings from them. I got a text this morning. Uh, pretty early from a number of people on the team just saying, hey, thinking about church, praying for you guys this morning. And so I want to welcome you on on behalf of them this morning. And also, I just want to say this, that if it is your first time, uh, one of the things that we've just made the, the heart of our church is that we want to be a place where God's love would be confirmed, hope would be renewed, and faith comes to life. In other words, more than anything today, what we're really praying that you walk away with is an overwhelming uh, reality that there is a God and he loves you more than you possibly can even, can even understand. The Bible says the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of God's love, it's beyond our natural ability to intellectualize and understand. And we want you more than anything to leave here today knowing that you are loved by God. And because of God's love, no matter where you are today, there is hope. There's hope in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, there is healing, there's provision, there's restoration. All that we have need of is found in him. And because of God's love, there is always hope. Can I get an amen? And all of this, it's not because we earn or deserve or somehow do the right things or don't do the the, the wrong things, but rather it's through faith. It's through simply putting our faith and our trust in him. And so we're praying today as you leave, you know that God loves you. You'd know that your best days are still in front of you. And then all of it, it's simply through the decision to trust and believe in Jesus. Come on, one more time. Can I just get a good amen? If you got a Bible today, go with me to Psalm chapter 100. Psalm chapter 100. We are continuing today in a series that we've been in for the last number of weeks, a series that we've entitled The Secret Place. The Secret Place. And the series that we're in, it is the starting point uh, for really a word that we feel like the Lord gave us at the beginning of the year. And that word was simply this, that this year God was calling us as a church to, to become a people who, who even more so than before, we have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. Matter of fact, just, just so I know, 9 a.m., rainy Sunday, cold, rainy Sunday, 9 a.m., no drums, no electric guitar, acoustic worship, just so I know we're all awake this morning. Just can, can I get uh, everyone to repeat after me? Just say, heart for the house, hands for the harvest. This, this is a word we got at the beginning of the year that we just felt like God was stirring us to say, you know what, this year, uh, as a church, more so, more so than ever before, God is stirring something in us that we really would be a people, that we have a heart, a passion, a devotion, a love, a commitment for the house of God, 
The, the house of God, by the way, is not an address. It's not a building. It is, it is a people. It's a community. Church is not an address. Church is not a building. Church is not just a weekly gathering where we sit in rows and sing songs and listen to sermons, but rather church is the body of Christ. Church is the family of God. It is the community that has been called together to serve one another, to bless one another, to arm in arm serve God and pursue him and reach a lost and a broken world together. Church is, is us. It's the people, it's the community. And more so than ever before, we feel like God's leading us to say, hey, this year, we wanna be a people, a church that we have a heart for God's house and hands, someone say hands, and hands for the harvest. In other words, we, we're, we're living life saying, God, my whole life, I'm not leveraging it to get more, more zeros in the bank account. I'm not leveraging it so we can just make more memories and go on more vacations. God, I wanna leverage my whole life to reach people. You know, Jesus said this, he, he said, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in, in heaven. Jesus said this, Luke 10, 2, I believe it is. He says, you know, the harvest truly is great. In, in other words, we, we, we talk all the time about how, you know, bad the world is and, you know, the culture today and the people today. Can I just tell you that the issue, according to Jesus, it's not our culture. The issue, according to Jesus, it's not how bad and dark and how mean people are becoming. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, the harvest is great. There's people all around you who are desperate for the love and the life of Jesus. What's, what, what's the issue then, pastor? Jesus said, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Not a lot of people saying, God, I wanna leverage my whole life all the money you've given me and the time and the talent. I want to leverage all my life to, to reach people. All my life to say, God, how can I build your house and advance your kingdom and see the gospel go forward? But this is the life that God is calling us to live. A people and a place where we have a heart for God's house and hands for the harvest. And can I tell you this, this idea, this word, it is not unique just to us as a church. But if you go to the scripture, what you will find is that this actually is the call of every believer everywhere. That God has called every believer everywhere to have an undying love and commitment and passion for King Jesus, but also to have a heart that says, God, my, my heart is for your house. It is for your people. God, you've given me gift and grace and ability. How can I leverage it to build your house and to be a part of a community that's reaching a lost and a broken world? God, how can my hands be for your harvest? This is the call for every believer everywhere. And so we've kind of been posing this question over the last number of weeks. If this is the, the word God's given us, and if this is the heart for every believer or the call for every believer everywhere, then what is the disconnect? Because I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in the room this morning. I'm just saying collectively, we could probably all agree that heart for the house, hands for the harvest is not the way most Christians live today. Most Christians today don't live with a heart that is devoted to God's house and a life that is leveraged in every way to reach people. No, we, we live life very, very, very me-centric, don't we? So what's, what's the disconnect? Well, we've been talking about how the disconnect is that we forget that our life, it is lived from the inside out. Here's what the Bible says. Out of the abundance of your heart, your whole life is lived. Do you know how I know this is true? Because in the middle of the night, if I stub my pinky toe, 
By the way, what is it about the pinky toe? All the pain in your whole body can be, can be right there in that one toe. And if you stub your pinky toe in the middle of the night on your dresser trying to get to the bathroom, you know some things come out of your mouth. You, like, what, I, where did that come from? It came from your heart. I remember I had, had a youth leader and um, he, he did something. He stubbed his toe or did something and he yelled out, heart check. As a seventh grader, I remember thinking, is that like a new cuss word? I've never heard that before. That's like... He's in, that must be like a college cuss word. That's like elevated cussing. So what, he goes, no, no, I'm reminding myself every time something happens, whatever comes out of this mouth, whatever comes out of this life, it's because it's in here. Out of the abundance of your life, the Bible says, or abundance of your heart, your life is lived. So what is the disconnect? Well, the disconnect for so many is that we, we, we don't need more sermons and more messages about how we gotta have a heart for the house and hands for the harvest. No, we need a heart transformation. We, we need God to do something deep within us that changes the condition and the posture and the priority of our heart. And the starting place, someone say the starting place. The starting place is the secret place. We've been in this series called The Secret Place. And in case you haven't been here, I'll just catch you up. The secret place, it, it is the place that you go to, to spend time to, to meet with God daily and deeply. Daily and deeply. The, the secret place is the, is the place, the, the space that you go where it's just you and God. And you spend time in the secret place with him. And in the secret place, it is where you grow in your relationship with him, where you grow in knowing him, where every day you are freshly filled with the spirit and the power of God to be able to live the life and do, do the things that God has called you to. The secret places where we meet daily and deeply with God. Or what, what, what do we do in the secret place? We've been talking about how there's different things in the secret place that we should be doing. And last week we talked about our Bible reading and how in the secret place we can come to God and, and, and we can come to, I was gonna say his word, I guess it's in here somewhere, but this is not a Bible, this is an iPad. Um, but we can come to his word and, and, and we, we can trust that this is a living, breathing document. This is not just some book. No, this is the actual living words of a living God inspired by the spirit of God. And they still speak today. We talked about how we can come to, to God's word in the secret place. And God's word, it literally begins to speak to us and teach us and mold us and shape us and correct us and minister to us. We need the word of God. Can I get an Amen. And, and we talked about how we, we, in the secret place, we go to God's word to study and to, to read and to get his word in our heart. And today what I wanna talk about is I wanna talk about another element of the secret place that probably isn't as, as popular. Uh, it's probably not as practiced. Now it's a very general statement, but I wanna talk about our prayer and praise in the secret place. Our prayer and our praise in the secret place. Ask you to turn with me to Psalm chapter 100. We're gonna read five verses today. I believe it's actually the entire chapter. And so if you just wanna feel real spiritual today, when you leave church, tell someone, I read a whole chapter of the Bible, man. I don't know what you, you've been sipping on coffee, watching sports, man. I read a whole chapter of the Bible today. Psalm chapter 100, starting in verse one. Uh, I'll, I'll read it to the, the psalmist writes. He says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. 
It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Uh, The title of the sermon today that we're preaching across all three of our campuses is the value of prayer and praise in the secret place. The value, the value, the value of prayer and praise in the secret place. Um, You you don't have to, to write this down, but if I were to give today's sermon an alternative title, this is a good title. I like this title. But if I were to give it a subtitle or a secondary title, it would be this, that that something's missing. So, so, something's, something's missing. Have you ever in any area of life just felt like something was missing? This ever happened to you before? Whether you're at a meal or a gathering, you just feel like some, just, I, I, I kept my fingers, something's, something's missing. I'll never forget um, when, when my wife and I first started dating, uh, my wife of 14 years, I don't know why, Yes, married for 14 years. I don't know why when I said that, husbands, do you ever feel like this? I said 14 years, and immediately I thought, it is 14 years, right? I did, I did, I did get, get the number right. I knew it, but I, I, I got nervous. Uh, my wife, of 14, remember when we first started dating, I went to her house for dinner and uh, having dinner with her whole family, and we sat down to eat. I just couldn't put my finger on it. Something's missing from the meal. It just, I can't, and then I realized, this is a table full of vegetables. There's no meat on this table. I, I don't know the kind of house you were raised in, but we always had meat with our meal. Even if we're having spaghetti, we're having meat sauce, people. Even if it's pizza, you better put some pepperoni. We just, I'd never had an all vegetable meal. And I remember it occurring to me in the middle of dinner, what kind of weird family is this? There's... I'm, I'm kidding, but it occurred to me there, there's, there's no, it's funny, my, my wife's mom, she'll, to, to this day, she'll say, I, I know, sweetheart, and that's why I always try to have meat when we have you over for dinner, because I know you don't like just vegetable meals, but I was, it, I was taken back because I'd never had a meal before that was just vegetables. That's called a salad. That's like what you eat before the meal. I'd never had this before. I think it's just something's missing. Can I tell you that there is something missing in, in the life of so many believers? And we'll start here for so many believers. What's missing is the secret place. Why is it today that we still talk and act and live like the secret place is this optional thing that's only for either the spiritual elite or people that just don't have anything else better to do? Can I tell you, the secret place is not some optional thing that, you know, if you get time, but the secret place, time where we meet daily and deeply with God, is that it is a necessity. I th- think about this, and I believe it's Luke chapter 10, but I think about the story. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? Do you remember this story? And, and uh, if you don't, I'll tell you real quick. Mary and Martha, two sisters, they have Jesus over to their house for a meal, and Martha is being a good host. She's busy cooking the food and cleaning, making sure everything's together. And her little sister, Mary, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to to his words. And and Martha goes, Jesus, are you going to deal with this? Like, you said that the greatest among you 
is the servant of all. She's being the laziest of all. She's just doing nothing. And, and Jesus goes, oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. You're worried and distracted by many things. But one thing, one thing is needful. One thing is necessary. And that Mary has chosen to sit at my feet and to hear my words. My, my friends, the secret place is not some optional thing just for the spiritually elite, but the secret place is a necessity. Remember, Jesus didn't come just to pay the price for our sins, but Jesus came to give us an example for living. And Jesus, we'll, we'll read a couple pastors here momentarily, but even Jesus, he regularly, daily, he got away to spend time in the secret place. Pastor Dale Everest, a pastor in Nashville of a church called New Song Nashville. I love this quote, Pastor Dale Everest. He says, you cannot make history for Jesus until you have history with Jesus. I love that quote. You cannot make history for Jesus if you don't have history with Jesus. Pastor Dean Copley, one of the pastors here in our church, remember him saying this to me. It's one of my favorite quotes, quoting him today that, he, he said, Brandon, remember your influence for God will never surpass your intimacy with God. We, we, we want to make history and we want to be used by God. And we want to have influence. We cannot make history for Jesus or have influence without having history with Jesus and intimacy with God. The secret place is needful. But I'll even say that for some people, myself in, included in seasons that that even people that, that spend time in the secret place, there still can be something missing. And can I, can I tell you what it is for so many people? It's prayer and praise. What, what I want for you to catch today is that the Bible teaches us and tells us that the secret place is a place that should be filled with prayer and praise. As a matter of fact, would you put that in your notes if you're taking notes? Point number one this morning, simply this, that we are to fill the secret place with prayer and praise. Praise. I want to go back to Psalm 100, and I want to read this one more time and just point out how, how expressive this psalm is and, and how this psalm doesn't speak to just internal thoughts and feelings that we're supposed to have, but rather to expressive ways of prayer and worship and praise that should be coming out of our mouth. The psalmist writes, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all, all you lands. Now, I know that you could argue with me, well, I'm, I'm making a joyful shout in my heart, but it's not what the scripture says. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Listen to, to verse two. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with, with singing. Verse three says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So, so verse four, so enter into his gates with thanksgiving. It doesn't say enter into his gates with a thankful heart. Hey, you don't just enter into his gates just with a lot of, no, it says enter into his gates with, with thanksgiving, with, with words and expressions that are thanking him, entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. 
This is how, how, how I know that we understand this because you, you, you would all agree that it would not be advantageous if we celebrated our 15th wedding anniversary and I sat at the table the whole dinner like this. And we drove in the car. And not one word came out of my mouth all day long. You would go, no, I think your wife actually probably has a reason to be a little bit upset, even though you, you did get her some flowers. Why? Because, because in no other relationship do we go, well, you know, it's in my heart. I, I, I appreciate that because it's the starting place. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth should speak. It says, you can throw that up there, Psalm 100, verse 5, the, the last verse. I'm sorry, go to verse 4, my apologies. It, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Bless his name. Use your words to bless and honor and praise and glorify his name. For the Lord is good, verse five says. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. A lot of times when we talk about the secret place, we, we, we use phrases like, you know, my quiet time with, with, with the Lord. And, and, and while the secret place should be a place and it can be a place where it is quiet and we have times of, of reading and reflection and journaling and, and thinking, can I tell you, it should not only be a quiet place. Oh, we can have quiet time with the Lord, but the secret place should also be a place of prayer and praise. It should be a place where out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is opening to the Lord and expressing to him thanksgiving and praise and worship. We, we, we started the series with this verse, Matthew 6, 6. And, and I want to read it to you the way that I think a lot of people interpret it. And then I'll read it to you the way it actually is written. <clears throat> but you, when you do your quiet Bible reading and journaling, go into your room and when you shut your door, do your quiet Bible reading and journaling and thinking to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's my, it's my quiet time with him. Again, if, if you know me, you know I love the scripture. I'm doing a whole class for four weeks on Wednesday nights about how to read the Bible and journal because I love the scripture. But Matthew 6, 6, Jesus says, but when you pray, when you pray, go into your room and when you shut your door, Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The Bible says in Mark 135, Jesus giving us example. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he departed and he went to Starbucks and he got a grande black coffee because he's on the Daniel fast in the month of January. <clears throat> and there... He quietly read the scripture and thought about it. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before the daylight, he went out and he departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. See, the, the example we have from the book of Psalms and from, from the life of Jesus 
is not a secret place primarily or only filled with the reading and study of Scripture, but rather it is a secret place filled with prayer and praise. And can I tell you that prayer and praise should not only be a part of our secret place, but, but our time with the Lord, it should start with prayer and praise. If you're taking notes, you can write this down, second thought this morning, simply this, that we should enter into the secret place with prayer and praise. I wanna read you Psalm 100 one more time, and, and I'll point something out, Psalm 100, verses one through five. Man, you can really brag today, by the way. You've read a whole chapter of the Bible like four times over. They use some spiritual people. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and listen to what it says, and come before his presence. Come before his presence. Come, come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter in to his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Can, can you see in this psalm how the psalmist is teaching us and showing us that we should enter in? We should start the conversation. We should start our time with God by, by entering in with prayer and praise. It's like yesterday, I took my kids to the park and uh, we went to the park for an hour or so and we were just playing on the playground and playing soccer and football and baseball and all the different things. Uh, we played all of them for like five seconds. And so we could do so many sports and so little at time. And we were on the way home and, um, and, and they started squawking in the back seat about, we, we, we want to go somewhere special and get a snack. And I said, we did go somewhere special. It's called the park. And we did get a snack. Your mom packed a bowl of fruit and just different things. And my son goes, that's a bad snack. <clears throat> and I didn't say it, but I thought you guys are starting the conversation wrong because the conversation should be starting in the back seat by going, hey, dad, thank you so much for taking us to the park. Wow, thank you so much, mom, for making us a wonderful snack. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for us. And also, we were wondering if we could that's not how the way, that's not the way kids' minds work. And can I just say, it's not really the way that our minds work either. Because we, we can all laugh and be like, aha, yeah, funny kids, right? But, but how often do we approach God like that? <clears throat> just a lot of things that I need today. So I need to really get something from the scripture and I need God to speak to me. <clears throat> you know, God, there's a lot of stuff today that I really want and I really need and I'm really stressed out and, and we don't often stop to think, no, no we're starting the conversation wrong. We're, we're, we're starting the interaction wrong because the Bible teaches even, and we won't read this, but even Jesus, when his disciples go, would you teach us how to pray? Jesus, you are praying on a whole nother level. Remember when Jesus, he, he said, yeah, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Even his starting place was, was praise, it was thanksgiving, it was, it was worship. Why, Brandon, is it an important thing to start this way? Well, I'll give you two, two reasons. Number one, because our prayer 
and our praise, our prayer and our praise, it invites the spirit, the presence of God to come and to fill the atmosphere. The Bible says this in Psalm 22, verse three, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Other translations say you are holy and you inhabit the praises of your people. Yes, I know that God is always here, that God is always in every place at every time, but how many of you know we don't always experience his presence in every place at every time? The Bible says that our prayer and our praise, it invites the presence of the Lord in a tangible way that he is he's felt, he's experienced, he's, he's there in a way that we we realize and we recognize it. And I think part of it is because our prayer and praise, number two, it postures our heart. It postures our heart. I'm gonna read you another passage, Psalm chapter 103, one of my favorite scriptures to go to when it comes to prayer and praise. The, the, the psalmist David writes this. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins, your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I love Psalm 103 because, because David, he, well, he, he, he's me so often that I come and I go, Lord, I'm, I know I need to, to praise. I know that I need to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and worship. But to be honest, I just, I just don't. And David stirs himself up. David says, bless the Lord, all my soul. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. When's the last time you talk to yourself like that? Oh, we talk to ourselves all the time, but when's the last time you talk to yourself in a way that stirred yourself up? towards worshiping him and honoring him and serving him. No, we talk to ourselves in the opposite way so often. And David goes, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hey, hey, guy in here, bless the Lord today. Come on, praise him, worship him. And David says something, he, he says, forgetting not or remembering all the benefits of God. Forgives all of my sins, who heals all of my diseases, who's my protector, who's my provider, who has always been faithful to me, who even satisfies my mouth and gives me good things. So that, and he, he stirs his heart up to remember and recognize how good God is, that God truly is worthy of our praise and worthy of our worship. See, we, we, we are so conditional with our praise and worship, aren't we? Like even this morning, I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. Maybe it's nobody, but, but I'd say maybe it's someone that even this morning we come in, it's like, ah, no drums, huh? Well, not sure how, how excited I am. Oh, and no electric guitar. You, you know, God, you know, I don't really get into worship without a good guitar solo. If I don't hear a good solo, I'm just... And, and we're, we're, it's so conditional. I, I don't really like this song. I don't really know this song. This isn't really my style. Ah, you know, life's been kind of tough. I don't really have a reason to. What are we talking about? D D David goes, soul, let's just stop and take account for a second. 
He is a God who loves me with an unconditional love. He's been pursuing me since, since, since the day I was born. Before I even knew him, he's been pursuing me. He proved, he demonstrated his love in sending his son, Jesus, that I might have a life. This is love, not that I loved him, but that he first loved me. Oh God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you, God, for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you, God, for, for the healing and the provision and the protection and the wisdom. Thank you, God, for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, when we start with praise and we start with prayer and we start with, it postures our heart differently. I, I can't tell you how many times I've personally experienced just a cold heart, doesn't really have any interest in spending time with God in about 10 minutes, becomes so soft and overwhelmed and hungry for the things of God just because I took time to say, hey, 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 guy, hey, this guy in here, I know you're tired and you don't feel like it, but we're, we're going to Psalm 103 today. And we're, we're gonna go through this list and we're gonna remember all the goodness and all the blessings and all the benefits and prayer and praise, it postures our heart differently. And can, can I tell you this? This is my, my, my last point this morning, but prayer and praise is something in the secret place that we have to fight for. We have to fight for prayer. You can put that up there, point number three. We have to fight for prayer and praise in the secret place. I want to read you a couple of scriptures and, and then we'll come back to that point. But, but prayer is powerful. Someone said, amen. Prayer is powerful because God, he responds and he answers prayer. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. Prayer is powerful for we serve a God who he answers prayer. Praise is powerful because praise invites the presence and the power of God into every circumstance and every situation. Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Praise is powerful for our praise invites the presence and the power of God into every circumstance and every situation. And can I tell you, friends, your words are powerful. Your words are powerful. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 18, Verse 20 through 21, a man's stomach, we'll just say it this way, a man's life is satisfied or filled from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. For death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Oh, your words are powerful because your words have the ability to bring death or to bring life. Because your words ha have the ability to create or to cause chaos. W words are powerful, which is why I am convinced that, that this is why for so many people, what's missing from their time with the Lord 
is prayer and praise. Because I think the enemy works so hard to keep your mouth closed. I, I was playing golf with, with a guy, this was months ago. <clears throat> and uh, by the way, if you ever want just pastoral counseling and you want to play golf at the same time, I'm your guy. Um, kid, kidding. But we, we were playing golf and he said, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, you ask me anything. He said, why do you think I have such a hard time on Sunday mornings, like engaging in worship? So what, what, what do you mean? We're sitting there and he goes, well, here's what I've learned about myself. I can go to a football game or a basketball game and I'm loud. Like I've almost gotten into some fights before because I'm just like, I'm, I'm loud and I'm cheering for my team. My hands can go up and I'm like, ah, and we get in church. I just can't get myself to open my mouth and sing the songs. Can't get myself to, to lift my hands. Like, I, like I, I know Pastor Spencer, you've already said 35 times to lift my hands and open my mouth, but it's still a hard no. I'm, I, I, I just, and, and I said, well, like, why do you think that is? And here, here's my first thought. My first thought is, well, you know, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And so obviously you're really passionate about your sport. Maybe you're just not passionate about God. And before I could even say that, he, he said, you know, and it's not even that I'm not passionate about God because I, I, I stand there and I'm so overwhelmed by how good God has been to me. And I want to just fully engage and pray. I just, I can't do it. Now, I, I don't have some big answer, but, but I'll tell you this. I, I don't think he's alone because I think the enemy works overtime to keep our mouths closed. I think the enemy works overtime to, to keep us just having quiet time with the Lord. To, to, to just have, have quiet time of reading and reflection and journaling and thinking and the, the I think the enemies use things like well you know it's just it's the way I'm wired you know my I'm more of like an internal worshiper I, I love that I love that it's just not Bible you know I'm I'm I I worship the Lord more on the inside I love that we should but we should also follow the teachings of scripture and worship God on the outside if, I just think the enemy works overtime he works overtime to keep us just, just why? Because prayer is powerful. Be, be, because we serve a God who answers prayer. And if we would open our mouth and lift our hands and ask, the Bible says you, you will get an answer. If you would seek, oh, you would find. If you would come in prayer and you would knock on that door, oh, it would be open. But the enemy keeps, keeps us right here. I can't tell you how many times I've been walking through something and I know on the inside the Holy Spirit's going, you need to pray about it. And I'll think about praying about it for two weeks. Yeah, man, been thinking a lot about prayer. Cool. You know what's better than thinking about prayer? Prayer. I've been thinking a lot about going to God. You know what's better than thinking? Going to God is better than thinking about it. The book of James says, don't be hearers of the word. So deceiving, how deceived do we get at times? Thinking about things and journaling things and writing things and hey, hey, amen. 
Amen. They never put them into practice. And I'll just say from personal experience, there are so many mornings that I'll sit down to spend time with the Lord. And the last thing I want to do is prayer and praise. I'd I'd rather just sip, sip on my coffee or read a chapter or write about it. I think the enemy, he works overtime to keep us quiet, to keep us right here, to keep us intellectual and internal. My friends, there is power in your prayer. There is power in your praise. There is power in an unabandoned heart that goes, God, I love you. God, I worship. Well, I'm I'm not really good at it. You know what? No one's good at things they don't do. And and I, I sought for so long some secret formula to like get good at prayer and praise. And then I realized it's kind of like everything else. You get good the more you do it. And, and by the way, I don't mean good like there's a right way or a wrong way. I mean, you become more confident and you become more comfortable. And you, 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 you have more of an ability to just, just with an open heart and an open mind, just the more you do it. But I'll tell you a good starting place and we'll end right here. A good starting place is Psalm 100 and Psalm 103. If, 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 if you can hear, hear me up in the booth, let's go back real quick to Psalm 100. And I want to show you something and then we're, we're going to be done. We'll close right here. But one of the things almost every morning that I do not feel like just praising the Lord and praying, I open my Bible and I go to Psalm 100 because it's short, but it's powerful. And I'll rehearse this to myself. <clears throat> Brandon, the Lord says, make a joyful shout to the Lord. Verse two, Brandon, the Lord says to serve the Lord with gladness and become before his presence today with singing. Oh, thank you, God, that that you are Lord, not me. I'm the sheep of your pasture. I am not God, you are God. Verse, Verse four, so God, I'm coming today and God, I'm making a decision to enter into your gates with thanksgiving. God, I'm making a decision today to come before your courts with praise, to be thankful to you and to bless your name. For Lord, you are good. Oh God, you're so good. Your mercy is everlasting. God, your truth endures to all generations. And because it's only three chapters over, I'll flip Psalm 103. And I'll read this to myself, but I'll pray it this way. Psalm 103, verse one. I say, Brandon, bless the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that's within me today, bless his name. Bless the, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And I'll just stop and I'll say, Brent, I'm, I'm making a decision today. Lord, I'm making a decision today to intentionally to remember all the benefits of God. And I'll just keep reading. Lord, I thank you today that you forgive all of my sins. Oh, thank you, God that you love me so much that you made the first move and you came and you found me. Thank you, God, today that I'm freely freely and fully forgiven of all of my sins. Thank you, God, today that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, today that you don't hold anything against me. You don't treat me like I deserve, but rather you've crowned me with mercy and grace and love and kindness. Thank you, God, that you heal all of my diseases. Thank you, God, that you're my healer. God, you don't just heal physically. I thank you that relationally, emotionally, 
spiritually. God, you're my healer. And I'll just walk my way through Psalm 103, reminding myself. Now, this is not legalistic. It's up to you, but I even went to, to, to Word. Not the Word, but the Word document. And I created myself a document. And I just pers- personalized a prayer pathway remembering all the things that God has done, all the things. Why? Because, because I need help. I need help some mornings to go, Lord, today, I just, I'm going to follow this prayer guide because today I want to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and with praise. My point is though, you kind of got to fight for it because it's not something that emotionally and physically we always want to do. You got to fight for prayer and praise in the secret place. You got to make a decision. You got to make it a discipline, whatever works for you, but you got to fight for prayer and praise in the secret place because our secret place should be filled with prayer and praise. I, I am for having quiet time with the Lord where you read the scripture and you study and you meditate and I'm, I'm here for it. I, I, I did it this morning with a student in our youth ministry. We actually did go to Starbucks because it was just a convenient location and we did it. We read and we journaled and we talked. To, I'm, I'm here for it. Can I tell you that a secret place shouldn't only be quiet. It should be filled with prayer and praise. Prayer and praise, praise should be the starting place of our secret place time. And even when we don't feel like it, we gotta fight for our prayer and praise. We gotta make a decision, a determination, ask the Holy Spirit, we gotta fight. So no, I, I, I will be a man, I will be a woman of prayer and praise. No, I will come before the Lord daily and I will lift up my voice and just, I know I said I'm done, but just last thing, don't make fun of me. So, so someone sent me a joke recently that said, hey, what does it mean when a preacher says I'm closing? I fell for it. I'm like, I don't know, what does it mean? And he texted me back, he said, absolutely nothing. <laughs> and I said, you can find another church. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but, but prayer and praise, it doesn't have to be loud. I just feel like I need to say that. Like we, 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 we read, you know, pastors where, you know, David, he danced before the Lord in his underwear. It's like, that's it. Every morning, I'm, I'm, I'm going to dance before the Lord in my underwear. Maybe, but probably don't do that. It doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be boisterous. A lot of time, my prayer and praise, it's very quiet because early in my house, my kids are all sleeping. I don't want to wake anybody up because that wouldn't be good for anybody. So my prayer and praise is right here. Oh, Lord, I thank you today. Oh, God, I bless you. I honor you, Lord. It doesn't have to be loud, but can I tell you, it should be expressive. Why? Because it should come from heart that is so overwhelmed and in love with this God that we serve, that is so convicted that prayer and praise, worship, it, it is what is due and deserving his name. So I will come before him with prayer, with praise, with worship, I'll let my voice be lifted to him. I'll bring to him every, every need, every hurt, every fear, every insecurity, trusting that in the secret place where no one sees me, where no one hears me, that my father who is in the secret place, he sees me, he hears me. And the Bible says he will reward openly. 
Can we pray today? Lord, I thank you today for the power of your word. Not the power of my words, but the power of your word, King Jesus. And I pray today that in a very individual and personal way that Holy Spirit, that like you already have, you would continue to take this word and you would use it to minister and encourage and edify and build up every single person that's here this morning. Lord, I pray that we would leave here today with an overwhelming sense that there is a secret place where our God desires to meet daily and deeply with us. And not only does he desire to meet with us through the scripture, but it's a place where, where he, he desires the praises of his people, the prayers of his people, the worship, the adoration, the exaltation of his name from his people. So I pray today that as we are in this series, The Secret Place, talking about from the inside out, becoming a people who have a heart for your house and hands for the harvest, that God, you would help us to become men and women of God who are men and women of prayer and praise. And I thank you, God, that, that you who are in the secret place, you hear and receive our prayer and our praise in the secret place, and you will reward us openly in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.